That's what happens when you're sick with a cold. I've had a lot, I've been sick a lot of times. I know right now I'm probably a bit of an energy vampire because like my life is sucking out of me as we speak to reach out. Had to get the energy. Had to get the spark. Had to get the third wheel himself. Rick Serrano. Also welcome to the show, man. Yes, I am back. So great to be back. Wrestling POV Global. Couldn't stay away. They had a just totally back. Well, you know, I think we're going to be in for a fun one today. We have a bunch of rumblings, and I want to get that started right off the bat, okay? Now, I, I guys, I don't mind. I've got some interesting news this week. Pipe on in if any of these things catch your, catch your eye and think you want to say something about it. By all means, let's look at this week's rumblings. All right. First of all, out of MLW, MLW has going to be their first four-hour show this uh, coming up. Or, sorry, their first live show. I screwed that up. Their first live show for a small company to do a live show. Interesting thing. I'm not sure if they're geared up for this. Not sure if they have the star power to pull this off. But this is a test of any company going into production values. Yeah, that's kind of scary, man. I, I mean, I don't know if MLW has the, 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 the skill, well, production value to do something live. Um, listen, man, I like MLW. I don't love it. Um, they shouldn't go live. I, I, don't I, think I, I just, I just saw it for the first time, man. I just saw it for the first time recently, and um, I don't know how they're gonna do a four-hour pay, a four-hour live event like that. It's not a four-hour. I made, I messed oh. that part up. It is a, just a live event, though. A live event. Well, shows. I hope it does well. Well, you know, Tony was on here a couple weeks ago, and we talked about. MLW, the first thing he said is he was not a fan of the production values. He, he, he's a guy who knows a bit about wrestling, too, so I gotta think that this is gonna be a struggle, and if they pull this off, they're gonna look great. If they fail, they're gonna look like every other small company who's trying to step forward. Knock and just, just to put it out there, Tony, yeah, he is the indie wrestler, he's been in the business, but let's not forget, me and him combined, we have 20 years in the business. He has 20 years and I got to change. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of like Voltron. They move 
move together and form one nucleus of... Anyways, exactly. moving on in MLW, uh, the only other piece of news I have out here is their upcoming four-way match, to, a ladder match, to determine their middle weight champion after uh, MJF got injured. They had to replace one of the guys, and this is the guy who falls under the only injury I have this week of note, Jason Cade, hurting his uh, ankle badly. Looks like he has been taken out, replaced with, ready now, Hijo de la Park. Now, do you know what that means, those Spanish words, when you got that on a wrestler? You guys know what he old Listen, I look the part, but I don't speak a lick of Spanish. Okay. The, the son of L.A. Park. Right. Anytime you see Hilo D something, it means the son of somebody. So, L.A. Park, that's the original La Parca from WCW days. Wow. He's still out there. This is his son, who looks an awful lot like him, but not so grande, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's, he's a middleweight, which I don't think... Park has been a middleweight for 15 years. So, this is going to change the whole complexion of this match. It's going to be really interesting. Who's going to be the new uh, MLW middleweight champion? I don't know, but I think a ladder match with these four guys is going to be really interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my money's on Heel Dead Park. Well, you know what? Uh, um, let's move on to something really interesting. I know I don't talk a lot about House of Hardcore, but something interesting happened this weekend at a House of Hardcore match that we had to talk about. I know me and Elio have talked about this kind of these people before saying they never leave their home base of wrestling. But this week, Teddy Hart and Rich Swan were teaming together at House of Hardcore. Their opponents canceled their outing, said they couldn't make it. Rumors of maybe they're being signed or some kind of thing, contract disputes, whatever. But the replacement, the Briscoes. Oh, when has wow. the Briscoes ever come out? of uh, ROH, tremendous match with the Briscoes going over. Yeah, mm. wow, that's that's shocking right there. Um, Briscoes, they, they don't tend to leave ROH, so yeah, that's yeah. Rare. that is rare. You never hear of the Briscoes outside of ROH. Which makes me happy, though, because it makes me think that maybe would it be nice if they took uh, more bookings, because up in my neck of the woods, I get a lot of interviews with ROH guys, because they come up here and wrestle. Briscoes have not yet come up here. I would love to see them and get an interview with those guys. That would be awesome. Now, Rick, are you a fan of, like, I know I'm not. It makes me kind of wheezy, but the CWE, CZW, you know, those guys who do all Oh, the, man, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I, just, I can't handle that. Combat yeah. Zone. Yeah. yeah. The Cage of Death happened this week. I, I can't do Combat Zone. Talk about it, but they brought in a legend of hardcore matches in a sushi uh, Onita came in for one of his first, I think it's like his second appearance in 20 years or something like that in the U.S. He, it was a tremendous match, a really good time, but like I say, I'm not a fan of this CZW stuff, Combat Zone, it's just a little much for me. Yeah. Um, one other piece, though, I'm pulling out of here for news, is they announced, and I don't mean Elio have looked at this guy last week, uh, David Starr is leaving the company because he is moving over to RevPro full-time. So... Moving on, House of Glory. Well, it seems all of a sudden I've got a lot of really small indies, but the House of Glory, uh, it was interesting to note that the Muda match we talked about has been delayed one week, moved over slightly. The Great Muda still will be appearing for them on a card. But how is this for interesting? They are going to have autograph signings featuring three guys, or I should say three people. Matt Stryker? Well, maybe you want to meet him, maybe not. <laughs> Joey, <laughs> Joey Janela, who has always been a fun guy. But how about this? Layla L from WWE fame, who has not made an appearance in a very long time. Wow, I haven't seen her in a long time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and the House of Glory, throw it out there a little bit. I used to actually train 
in their headquarters with another company we used to share the gym with them. And, uh, amazing work, cool dude, but they were kind of dicks. I'm sorry. They were kind of dicks. We would go there and we would show up for our game to train, and then all of a sudden they would be like, um, oh, actually, we're going to train today. Oh, and yeah. it was like, um, okay. Not cool. Not cool. Uh, uh, my last bit of news coming up here, first of all, you guys know, you guys know Brian Cage of uh, TNA? Yes. Yep. He announced that he is getting married to, and I didn't even know they were invited, but to Melissa Santos, the ring announcer on Lucha Underground. Wow. I mean, he's a monster, so he better. <laughs> she's a, she's, yeah. Now, this one, it makes me sad. And this one kind of fell under the radar. And I haven't watched WWE this week, so I don't know if they did a tribute or not. But Larry the Axe Henning, father of Mr. Perfect, uh, grandfather of... Uh, at, what's his name? Curtis Axel? Curtis Axel. Yeah. Passed away this, uh, this week. Um, I was a massive fan back in the AWA days, and Larry the Axe was, I mean, he was like that big bear that I love to watch, which it's it's kind of sad to me that another AWA legend going. Yeah, I mean, um, we spoke about this on the Wrestling POV podcast on uh, last Saturday. Um, it's a really sad day. Well, it was a sad week in the wrestling world. You know, we lost Dynamite Kid, and we also lost... Uh, Larry the Axe, um, it, it's just sad the way, uh, wrestlers get forgotten. I mean, I wish people really would take the time to look where wrestling came from and how it evolved. Um, Larry the Axe really carried a lot of, a lot, and look, Mr. Perfect is his son, his grandson, Curtis Axel, definitely should be a lot better than where he is right now, but... I mean, the, the wrestling family, they don't get the respect they deserve. Um, but like we said, here at Wrestling POV and Wrestling POV Global, we do uh, send out our condolences to those families. Well, I, I'm glad you brought up Kid. Dynamite Kid, and actually he is the topic of our face-off this week. Um, and we'll get to why later. <laughs> but I'll, I'll even tell you, growing up in the Stampede area, Dynamite Kid was already a legend before he even went to WWE. Was the most incredible wrestler that you'd ever see. And I'm going to tell you guys, I always pinpoint when did wrestling become more to me? Is the first time that Dynamite Kid faced uh, a Tiger Mask in, uh, in New York in 1980. And that caught my eye. And from there up, Dynamite Kid was in my mind a legend, he was an innovator of wrestling. Now, later on today, folks, we're going to go into a, uh, a bit of a debate about him or some things, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, but I do also, I'd say I'd like to send my condolences to his family, but as far as I understood, Don, my kid did not really have much of a family. Last bit of, of news here. Uh, well, this one's kind of odd, and I brought it, I mixed it up in the beginning, and I want your guys' real opinion on this one. ROH has decided that they are going to do a four-hour uh, for final battle. Four hours. Guys? Four hours. Wow. Hmm. That, that sounds interesting. That should be an interesting show. You can say there's a lot of talent. There's a there's a lot of talent there. Yeah, definitely have a lot of talent. Again, I don't know. You gotta stick to what you know. Um, um don't go into the WWE formula. Because WWE just started doing four hour shows, five hour shows. And they it's suck. Too much. It's yeah. too much. Um, uh, guys, you know. I really have my. Let's face it, ROH is good wrestling, but if you throw four hours of straight wrestling, even as hardcore fans have a hard time sitting there through four straight hours. Uh, 
And if you copy the WWE, what are you going to do? A bunch of silly vignettes that well, that's a waste of our time already. And yes, I'm looking at UMLW and <laughs> silly crap that we had to put in this filler. Uh, I don't want four. I don't know if I could take four hours of pure wrestling because, hey, I can eat a steak. I can eat a delicious steak. I can't eat a hot 300 pounds of steak, even if it's delicious. There has to be a limit. So this uh, four-hour thing got me really worried. Really don't want to go down the WWE route. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And uh, since you're talking about steak, don't you mean moose? Hey, now, that's so <laughs> racist. <laughs> racist. <laughs> racist. <laughs> uh, last part today, rumor. Got one rumor, and this is a rumor that I think we need to talk about because... I'm not even sure what the heck to think about this rumor. But the rumor is WWE is seriously looking at the uh, Beer City Bruiser of all people to sign to the WWE. Guys? Yeah, no, 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 don't do it. Don't, please don't do it. I'm sorry, say the same name again. The, the Beer City Bruiser, the big fat guy who comes out with Silas Young with the beer keg over his shoulder. No. <laughs> Just a no. I no, just a no. I just just the name, just the name alone. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm I'm sure they won't call him the Beer City Bruiser, but no, they'll probably make up some some other weird name. Now, I look at this and I think of Silas Young. Here's a guy who does not look the greatest on television. Mm-hmm. Yet I've seen him wrestle live many times, and it's incredible. So, is there something there that we're not seeing that they can drag drag out of him? Because Beer City Bruiser is a guy who just came out of nowhere. And for a big, slob, fat-looking guy, he can do some incredible moves in there. I'm not sure if he's material for WWE, though. Yeah, no. No. Just no. <laughs> I'm going to take the Elio way out of this and just say no. <laughs> Sounds funny. You know what? I think we should uh, look at uh, past the news today and get really into some of the promotions that we love. Mm-hmm. It's time yeah. for New Japan Pro Wrestling point of view. Guys... We're finally at, I don't know, we're at the end of the week. I watched it all, and, and even I had to say, this was a little much. This was way too many matches yeah. to go over such a short period. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then, like, if we just jump into the finals, man. Yes. This was G.O.D. God, oh my God, <laughs> this match. Um, G.O.D. versus Evil Sonata. Listen, man, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but this match was slow. It was slow, it was hard to get through. Um, the match started off quick with the Kendall stick shot, and then, I don't know what happened. I, I would say 14 straight days of wrestling probably happened. This That's was a right. lot of, this was a heck of a tour. Uh, the Killer Elite Squad, who I pegged as the winners, did not make it to the finals. Uh, even Sonata, they won last year. Uh, they went again this year, two times. Yeah, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Um, it seems like Sonata carried most of the match. Which is and, surprising. Yeah, and Evil, listen, Evil reminded me of Rhino. And not <laughs> the Rhino, more, 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 no, Rhino today. The slow, because slow, slow. He was barely in the match. When he got in the match, he did a couple of power moves, and then Sonata just came back in. And what's with everybody doing the magic killer now? Yeah, that seems to be the tag team. Choice of the day for sure. I, everyone does it, so it's kind of losing its mystique. I noticed yeah. that in the in the even even it's not a match I saw. And that's you 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 saw them take on uh, Killer Elite Squad, which you told me you enjoyed that match. 
Yeah, well, I, it's just that, uh, like, I, I've uh, seen NG, NJPW before, but just, um, I haven't seen it regular. Well, uh, as anyone will tell you, Elio, it's, it's good to stay regular. Um, mm-hmm. moving on, though. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that out there. Um, this tournament's over. I don't like what happened at the very, very end. Uh, it makes me sad that guys go into a tournament with this many matches. They win the tournament. Then the young bucks walk out and insert themselves into their match at Wrestle Kingdom. It makes yeah. it much funner, but that's kind of bullshit. I mean, but do you really want to see that match again? No. Do you? <laughs> no. I, I, I get that, but it, it trying to dis- suspend disbelief, as wrestling fans so often have to do. It For me, it cheapened the whole thing of what this tournament was about. You, you fought 13 or 14 matches. You get there, you win. This is your match, but then it was on one match that entire car, the whole tour, they come out and declare themselves part of this match, and they just kind of go, "Okay, you're like, you're doing this." Well, it's a young bucks, TJ. Elio, what are your thoughts on, on the young bucks just inserting themselves into this match? I don't know the, the young bucks. I just don't get it. The, to me, they're just. Um, I've never really been a fan of the young bucks, even uh, Impact and when they were in Impact Wrestling as Generation Me. And they did have a. Sh- I found the sh- the video of their short uh, stint in uh, WWE back in '07. They were on the dirt sheet with John Morrison and The Miz. They were dressed up wow. as DX. But they didn't wrestle, right? No, no, they just did a skit with uh, Morrison and uh, Miz. But yeah, I've never really been a fan of uh, Young Bucks. Well, now, you see, ladies and gentlemen, this is probably Elio Canella's last episode because I know you fanboys just love <laughs> Young Bucks. And now we're going to get a whole lot of messages talking about get rid of Elio. So, Elio, your last episode, I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> He tells me this every single episode I do with him that I'm gone. And I still seem to survive next week. Uh, Young Bucks. I used to dislike the Young Bucks a bit, but they bring the fun. I mean, they, they let's face it, this G.O.D. match, the Gorillas of Destiny, good team. But this match against Eon Sonata stunk. And yeah. uh, I think you need, like, for production value, you need the Young Bucks there to make this work, to make it exciting. Logically, it sucks, but the chance we're going to see some really good wrestling, I think, will make up for it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You get the entertainment value goes through the roof when you add the Young Bucks to this match, definitely. The only weird thing about this is I know both of you don't watch a lot yet of New Japan. You haven't gone into it, but New Japan had met Young Bucks for the last couple of years. They've never given them a major, like a, any kind of major push. They've never given them any kind of main event status stuff. They don't look... The Japanese look at them as way too small compared to the other tag teams, so they've never really gotten a lot of play, no matter how great they wrestle. So you're uh, saying that the Japanese people are looking at the Young Bucks as too small? They're looking at them as the same size as them. Exactly, because that sounds real interesting, but stupid. <laughs> it takes a nation of 10 million to prove you're wrong. <laughs> uh, the Young Bucks, the guys, what do you think of this? They've taken the super kick that used to be a, a finishing maneuver, and now they do like 800 super kicks a match. They do flippity flips all over the place. Are they too much? No, absolutely not. I love it. I love all the super kicks. I mean, look what they did to the DDT. DDT used to be a finisher. Yep. Take a snake, one, two, three, boom, you're done. Now everybody does a tornado DDT, inverted DDT, super DDT, mm-hmm. all, all, all these different DDTs. I mean, I can go on and on. Elio, what do you think? 
Yeah, they do the they do um the draping DDT through the ropes, DDT on the outside. So it's just like so super kicks DDT. Super same kicks and thing. super kicks and DDT. Yeah, like I like it. Now I always tell people that the reason why the young bucks got to do it that much is because they only weigh 120 pounds and they're small. So ten super kicks takes one. You know, kind of the sure. math conversion. That might be the best way to look at it, fans. If you want to guys. How would they convert that in Canada? Oh, Canadian. Uh, Since they're American, you'll have to add an extra two. Okay. <laughs> so 12 Canadian super kicks for the Young Bucks. What do you call 10 in America? What do you call 1 in heavyweight division? We're going to get yeah. some hate mail this week. I'm sorry, fans. <laughs> I, I blame it all on Rick. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> now, there's not a, I'm not going to talk too much more about New Japan this week because next week is kind of a week off for them where there's nothing going on. So next week, I'm going to send ahead of time, the we, they just released a full card for Wrestle Kingdom. I'm going to yeah. send it ahead to, to Elio. We're going to talk about it next week, Elio. We're going to go over the card and just say, we think of what's going to going on, what's happening in a little preview. I don't know, did, were we thinking of doing some kind of special, maybe like, uh, uh, Rick down the road? Or, <coughs> sorry, my cold <coughs> made that sound like an amp, but I meant to say Rick. Rick, are, are you going to come on and do a post-Wrestle Kingdom with us? Oh, you know what? I would love to. You know what? Maybe we get Tony and yeah. Yeah, we'll have the whole crew come on. Um, yeah, Wrestle Kingdom is the WrestleMania of New Japan, so it's definitely going to be a big show. And, um, we'll definitely try to work something out with the rest of the POV president and make sure he gets us paid and on this show. The only thing I have to say, watch out for guys, is because it's not being broadcast like that one year, it'll probably be a five to six hour show of pure wrestling. Oh, man. <laughs> So we might have to pick our spots. We might have to assign a few matches for each one of us. Who knows? We'll, we'll figure it out. I'll be the idiot who watches it all. Though, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not new to Wrestle Kingdom. Actually, the, I did see my first Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, the first one, Jim Ross announced. That's what got me into New Japan. That was a uh, number nine, right? Yep. Yeah. It was two years ago. Yeah. Wrestle and Kingdom it was nine. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really know what I'd heard of what like, New Japan. I didn't really know what it was. This kind of gave me that American push look at it. Let me see it, and I enjoyed it, and I liked it so much that I started even watching Japanese a lot. So, mm-hmm. yikes! But hey, so fans, New Japan, we're coming up on Wrestle Kingdom next week. We'll go over the card. We'll talk about uh, next predictions, maybe a couple insights, maybe uh, you know, the usual BS we like to throw around because we think we know a lot. But hey, that's us, guys. <laughs> we're doing this for you. You guys know. You guys know too smart, guys. <laughs> You know what? Let's go from some really interesting, well-thought-out wrestling to Impact. It's Impact. No. Two-hour show where there was three matches. Wow. (laughs) They weren't even long matches. You want to talk, Rick, about a company taking WWE's formula and flogging it badly at us? And I mean, you're taking a bad product anyways, the whole bad four-hour, three-hour raw concept, and making two hours of crap Impact? Ouch. Yeah, this was was bad. Um, I... You know, I always try to give Impact the benefit of the doubt because I really want it to be good. Um, but look at the first match, how they just bury Willie Mack. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't get that. Like, this chump from OVE <laughs> is going to get a shot at the exhibition title, and Willie Mack loses. Like, this guy looks like he sells meth, and he beat Willie Mack. Uh, TJ already knows I can't stand OVE. I was just jumping in saying how much you love them. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you're wrong about that. I am totally wrong about that. 
who can actually like these guys? I think they don't like each other. I think they're going to go bad. But, I mean, I think, I think we could take on OVE, honestly. There's something about those guys that's just, they're just unbelievable. Like, you can't buy them what they do. And to see you're right, the guy looked like they took a meth head out of the dumpster and said, hey, Willie Mack, can you lay down for this guy? Come on. Willie Mack has been making himself something big in the Indies for the last little while. Yeah. Elio, uh, do you see a guy like Willie Mack jumping to WWE as fast as possible? Or you think he's going to stay in impact? Uh, well, last... last uh Last week was my, was my first exposure to Willie Mack. I've only uh, ever heard about him, but I think he could uh, jump to the WWE. Uh, I don't know. To me, he I think it's an age thing. I think his, I think he might be just a little too old to be looked at, you know? Uh, I think he's got great potential. I think he would be great 10 years ago in the WWE. I mean, is he going to go in and play Keith Lee's grandfather? <laughs> that, that could be a cool story. Possible. Possible. I love And I'm not making fun of Millie. I'm not making fun of Willie Mack. Right. He's a tremendously great wrestler. He's got great moveset. He's exciting. But I think he missed his boat a couple years back. But how about you just team him up with Cassius Ono and then you have Chocolate Thunder and White Lightning? Oh my lord. The racism has <laughs> stopped today. Rick, what it's the not, heck? It's not racism. That's his nickname is Chocolate Thunder. Chocolate Thunder. Cassius Ono, the guy who has to wear a uniform because, well, you know what's under that uniform, folks. You don't want to be human tights. <laughs> well, the thing is, with Cassius Ono, he has cottage cheese thighs. And I was going to say that! And, and <laughs> his cottage cheese thighs are actually in the rest of the POV book because it's just disgusting. And they're not going to come out until he puts shorts on. No, I hope he doesn't. No, I'm not a fan of Cassius Ono. No? no. At all, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I used know. to like Chris Hero oh, 10 years ago, <laughs> but uh, today uh, he's just a big dude who's he's their jobber plus, you know, where he'll win one match now and then, but pretty much jobs to everyone else. It's funny how you have a, a former tag team from ROH, Cassius Ono in NXT, and then you have Cesaro up on the main roster. Exactly. Like, right. And... He, uh, oh, well, the, the, he's the tag team champion right now, and Cassius Ono is where? In catering. <laughs> In catering. Way too sure. much. Exactly. But I guess we, we know who carried that team, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's sad when you see uh, exposure like that when two guys end up on uh, extreme opposite trajectories. Cassius Ono is never going to be looked at for the main roster ever. He's never getting on the NXT, yeah, exactly. But he's lucky to be in NXT, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely lucky. I mean, he could be Willie Mack losing to a method. That is true. Although, I, no, I'm not going to pick up personal things. We'll move on to that segment. I was going to talk about his girlfriend. Who, oh, uh, if you know who she is, I knew her personally quite well. She trained out here for quite a bit now. Apparently, they're together. But how he got such a great-looking girl as uh, Rachel Ellering is beyond me. So yeah. she, must, she must not be lactose intolerant. That's all. That's true. Now... The next match on there, I guess I was wrong, I forgot. It was three matches and a squash match. The next was the squash match. Was the Desi Hit Squad taking on oh. Jobber 1 and Jobber 2? Yeah. Damien Hyde and Manny Lemons. I can't believe you actually wrote their name. Look at my man. <laughs> Journalistic work, man. Guys on point. Elio, I was going to write it down and I was like, nah. I don't, then I have to say their name and waste one brain cell of memory repeating it back. It didn't seem worth it. But good on you, bro. 
Dizzy Hit Squad. What do you guys think of these guys? Well, again, last week was my first exposure to Dizzy Hit Squad. I can't really say much on uh, them. Um, I have to see a bit more from them. Okay. From what I see, it's just uh, Maharaja fight off. I mean, I'm not into it at all. I'm honestly, I'm sick of these uh, four heels. Four heels mm. in which they use them as wearing turbans and all this stuff. If you do it on a regular, then fine. But if you don't do it on the regular, then I don't see why you need to be wearing the turbans to the ring. And uh, I, I mean, I find it disrespectful. And I, I'm just over it. These are, the, these are the 80s storylines that we shouldn't be using. I'm over it. Fair enough. Uh, the, the team, the Desi Hit Squad, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the, the smaller guy. I can't even remember his name half the time. But uh, Gamma, Gamma Singh Jr., who's the son of Gamma Singh, mm-hmm. he is definitely one of the bright spots in that team. And I, I really wish he was more of a singles wrestler. Uh, oh, he will be. He, he really is a great wrestler. He's one of the most exciting guys that I've seen live many times. And I'm glad to see him there. You know, I'm, it's part of his heritage, believe it or not. Uh, he, his, his father does wear the turban, and, and uh, it's kind of a, I, yeah, I get it though, the whole foreign heel kind of sucks, yeah. you know? Why, does it it up, why, why can't you be not white and be a good guy in wrestling? You know, yeah, this is the true. 60s, it's not the 70s. Not the 80s. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that crap carried on for a while, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It's not the early 90s. All I can say for the uh, Desi Hit Squad is uh, keep an eye on uh, Raj Singh. I think he is going to be the breakout part of that uh, unit. I have not much for his partner, uh, even though they seem to give his partner more play right now because they just introduced Raj, but we'll, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Um, next match. I didn't even understand why they did this match. Ethan Page taking on Matt Seidel for uh, a, a, an ultimate next thing. This is what I find weird is Ethan Page and uh, Matt Seidel have been teaming forever. Why on earth would they put those two together? I have no clue, but it looks like what's going to end up happening, because again, I didn't really like this match, but it looks like Matt Seidel, who lost the match to Ethan Page, is going to end up costing Ethan Page at some point, turning on him, opening up his third eye, and realizing that he's the man in charge of things. I mean, that's the only way I can, the only logical reason why you put Ethan Page over Matt Seidel. And Ethan Page is mad big! He is. Ilya, what do you think of uh, Matt Seidel, Matt Seidel and uh, Ethan Page? Matt Seidel. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, Ethan Ethan Page is uh, it's pretty big. He's uh, I think he can he will go on his own eventually. Cause I'm not uh, Matt Seidel. The whole th- open the third eye uh, story. I don't get that. Matt Seidel is a wrestler that's hard to suspend disbelief when you see this guy out. Mm-hmm. He is so small. He looks he looks um, way different than he did uh, when we when uh, he was seven born. And oh, guys right. I mean, he opens up his third eye, guys. What's not <laughs> to understand? He's he's using his brain. So <laughs> why do his mind? Why do you suppose the third eye is on his forehead? I thought the third eye was that. Ah, forget it. Um, <laughs>
Yeah, he's a, he's another uh, name that I still have to see more more of. I've only heard the name, but not really seen much. Well, he's from your neck of the woods out there, isn't he? Yeah, which I I, I just uh, found out uh, last week on uh, on Impact. So this Ultimate X thing, I don't get a lot to guys. You made a good point, Ethan Page. I, I, I kind of assume Ultimate X is supposed to be the smaller guys, but every yep. now and then they throw a guy who's definitely not a, a light heavyweight. So. Have they ever said what Ultimate X with the belt means? Is there ever well, a description? Well, there's always been the X Division guys used to always be the cruiserweights. But mm-hmm. then you had a man like Brian Cage win the title and then give it up. Then we had, wait, see, we're hypocrites. You see, this is why I like everybody here. Because everybody just said they wanted Willie Mack. And I was just testing you guys. And you guys wanted Willie Mack to move through. And he's not that cruiserweight. He's not an exorcism caliber kind of guy. But he's not a crackhead either. Lesser of two evils, that's what I say. There you go, there you go. Alright, well, you know what? Let's look past this nonsense for a while. We'll figure out X Division, whatever the heck it means someday, maybe. The requirements. Yeah. But let's look at that main event. And I'm not sure how I always like these kind of main events when you have, like, gender, but can't really touch each other. Parkour, yeah. Parkour, parkour. Well, he's also a trivia host as well. Oh, my lord. Um, and I'm not really sold on Taya Valkyrie very much. I mean, I know she's in Mexico because she's considered big, but Tessa Blanchard, I, 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 I enjoy her work a lot. I think she's going to be a tremendous champion. Moose is kind of kind of breaking down my walls a little bit. He's getting a little better. I still think it's ridiculous when he punches. <laughs> punches. Moose. Punches. Okay, yeah, whatever. All I say is bring out a squirrel. We got him teamed up with Boris and Natasha. We got ourselves international bad guys. Moose and I just, show. I'm not a moose no, fan. I think it's a Canadian bias doing the moose thing. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. No, I'm, I'm with Rick. I don't, I don't like moose. Oh, okay. Well, see, I'm outnumbered today. What the hell is this? With the Toronto and Alberta all coming together. <laughs> East Coast, West Coast, Canadian gang jumping on the New York over here. <laughs> But you said you didn't like Moose. Uh, me, me and Ely would get along now, but I gotta tell you that uh, <laughs> Western, and Eastern, Western and Eastern Canada is not the most harmonious. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I hear about all the snowball fights you guys had. <laughs> well, we have to pay for all the snowballs because they can't afford any, but yeah. Whoa! <laughs> well, we don't have any snow yet. <laughs> it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> you know what? Uh, what'd you guys think of this match? Uh, Let's just throw it out there. It was Tessa Blanchard's show. I, I love watching her wrestle. Valkyrie, I'm not sold on her. I don't really like seeing her. Um, what I hated, hated most about this match was seeing Tessa Blanchard tap out. 
Um, but that shows good signs that Tessa Blanchard will not be losing at the pay-per-view, which is a month away, which they're already advertising for and hyping it up. You already got all your matches set up. So we got to go through four weeks of matches now to build up to, it's just too much time. You have way too much time with poor product that you're giving out. I'm this, not going to want to watch the pay-per-view with these kind of episodes. Well, this is the flip side of what we say about WWE, where they announce, like, you know, four days before what half the cards are going to be. You've got to find a medium here, I guess, you know? Is there maybe two weeks ahead would be a good thing? I don't know. But you're right, it's ridiculous to drag on this forever. But it's also ridiculous to give us nothing until the last minute. Yeah, and I think the, the, the worst part of this match was the ending, where, uh, what's this guy's name with the red tie? The red tie. Cross. Oh, Killer oh, Cross. Killer Cross. Killer Cross. Yeah. yeah. He, comes out, he comes out and he stops Te- uh, Tessa Blanchard from hitting Valkyrie with a chair. And then that's it. And then Brian Cage comes out and runs them out. And what was Killer Cross doing? Well, we talked about this on last week's episode. Killer Cross had come out and said that, you know, after Nitro had beat or Nitro, sorry. Impact had beat him, that uh, he realized that Johnny Impact was the, the chosen one, and he was going to throw his lot in, and even though they've been enemies, he's going to do everything he could, could do to protect Johnny going forward, even though Johnny says, no, get the hell out of my face, mm. he obviously kept his word, kept, you know, tried to protect him. Lord. <laughs> That's convoluted and ridiculous, I know. Preposterous! <laughs> Ilya, what did you think of this match, man? I don't really know what to think. I didn't uh, really enjoy it much, and I didn't get that that whole ending with Killer Cross and everything. And then uh, Brian Cage came out. I do like Tessa Blanchard, though. I, I gotta say, it's stuff like this. I mean, I know it's a TV taping, but there are people here who are paying to see these shows. How much would you, if you told them this was going to be the event main event, have wanted to pay to see this stuff? I don't know if I would uh, pay five bucks for this. No. That's five Canadian. Wow. <laughs> 28 cents American, that's funny. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. I, I just like to make fun of that. But uh, it, it, You just think of these poor people who waited through the show and that was the main event that they got to sit through and watch. Yeah, not a good main event. Well, Impact continues. You know, it was on an upward slide when we started the first episode of the show. We were seeing some, uh, some great things. Now, I'm kind of dreading to look forward to what's coming on Impact sometimes because it's like, Two hours and maybe three or four matches and a lot of garbage. I mean, I didn't even talk about the girls' match on here. That was it was garbage. You know, another the supernatural bullshit. Yeah, I was I was I was uh, gonna say that one. That one, not much to say in that match. I just don't get no. that whole storyline. Well, here's the thing: we don't want to get that storyline. I'm yeah. not even gonna bring up their names because right. it's yeah. perpetuating garbage. I, I don't like it. What you didn't like the menstrual so bloody? Oh my lord! <laughs> <laughs> I want you to repeat that sentence in your head and tell your mom that you were explaining to your mom what this match is. And see if you can say that out loud again. That's terrible. <laughs> I mean, is that not what it looked like? Yeah. Thank yeah, unfortunately, thank you. it looked exactly like that. Well, you know what? I'm tired of the ridiculous nonsense of Impact this week. I'm tired of looking at, at storylines. And you know what? We're going to open up the time capsule. Yes! And this week's interview was only from two years ago. The guy, when I interviewed him two years ago, he was the ROH World Champion. Surprise, surprise. He is the ROH World Champion today. Mm-hmm. Got a chance to talk to Jay Lethal. 
We talked the beginning of wrestling. We talked about him uh, embracing black machismo. We talked with him taunting Ric Flair. Guys, you got to hear this one. You're gonna laugh your butts off. This was a this was a pretty fun interview, and uh, I gotta say, I really enjoyed uh, meeting Jay Lethal. And it was probably the second or third time I met him, but the first time I got to interview him. So let, let's take that a bit, guys, and see what we think. Let's open it up. Got a chance to talk to uh, the ROH World Champion. The amazing Jay Lethal. First of all, Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, Jay, you know what? You just came off an amazing match. Um, Edmonton, believe it or not, has never seen an ROH belt defended here. We've seen a couple ROH guys that are currently on the roster come through, but you were the first ROH champion to defend in Edmonton. Well, that's... Like, I don't know if you realize how big that is for wrestling fans here. The home of the hearts, the home of so many things that have happened. You were the first ROH champion to make a defense here. That's amazing. I, I love it. Anytime I get to be added to a list uh, where I'm the only one, whether it be good or bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's... No, I didn't even know that. I didn't take that into consideration. I just... Man, anytime I go somewhere, it's just a chance for me to wrestle and to get better. And what a chance I had because I was stepping into the ring with someone who's, uh, you know, a truly a veteran, a legend, Lance Storm. And it's always cool when you get to step into the ring with someone that you watched growing up on television. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the fact that I'm the first person to defend the Ring of Honor World Championship or any championship mm -hmm. from Ring of Honor... Edmonton, like I said, I, I, I pride myself on being the first on that list. That's pretty cool. Now, I didn't know that until you pointed that out. That's pretty cool. Well, you know what? Uh, obviously, the fans were super excited. Did you realize you were going to get such a positive response? No matter, you know, your character, Jay Lethal, of now is kind of an abrasive, uh, you know, the House of Truth stuff. Did you realize, though, you were going to get such a warm embrace no matter what you did? Uh, no. No, I didn't realize that. And And... You want to know something? One of the honors, I was mentioning this earlier today, There's an, it's one of the biggest honors to, that you can travel so far away from your home or so far away from where you started when you started wrestling, uh, and the fans just accept you. Uh, first of all, it's, it's, it's an honor to be accepted in the wrestling business in general, but to travel so far away from your home and the people are excited to see you, it's one of the highest honors, uh, no play on words there because I'm <laughs> Ring of Honor World Champion, but it's one of the highest honors in the world, man. And, and the fact that they're, you know, they're, there's, I want to mention something here. Um, so I'm, I'm a bad guy. I'm the bad guy. Uh, and the people, they cheer me. <laughs> um, now, there's this added, there's this question, you know, because they're cheering me, does that mean I'm doing something wrong? But, now, years ago, maybe the answer to that would have been, yes, you're doing something wrong. But I think when this, you know, when Stone Cold, that era happened, he was the bad guy and the crowd liked, something happened where the crowd automatically said, you know what, we don't have to cheer only for the good guy. We can cheer for the bad guy, you know? Uh... So, I mean, the fact that they cheer me, I think, to me, and, you know, wrestling's one giant opinion, but the <laughs> fact that they cheer me, to me, means I'm one of those cool bad guys, <laughs> if that makes sense. I, and I don't mind being the cool bad guy. Well, I'm going to also throw out another reason why they're cheering you, is uh, one of the reasons, especially here in Canada, in Western Canada, when we get wrestlers in, 
when a wrestler with a skill level can transcend a certain point, you just really don't care what they're supposed to be. When you transcend a certain skill level, I'm afraid that we just we we believe and support really good wrestling. Out there, the fans were treated to such a remarkable thing. I think you could have came in as, I don't know, a baby killer axe thing or something <laughs> and wrestled the way you did. You'd have them taking pictures with you for $10 a shot. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, like I said, to travel so far away from home and and the crowd is excited to see you, even if they were booing, you know, there's something about you makes them want to react. Man, I really can't think of a higher honor than that. And I, I really think that I just, I really won the lottery uh, in the wrestling business. So many Things have happened to me that'll never happen to anybody else in wrestling. So many things have happened to me that happened much sooner for me than other people. Um, and I don't think I fully grasped it. I'm aware of it, but I don't think I fully grasped that yet because, I mean, it, it's amazing. It, when you think about it, it's amazing. And I think when I fully grasp it, my brain will explode. Well, you know, one thing I find interesting is uh, I met you seven years ago when you came in. Yeah. Uh, you were playing the character of Black Machismo. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of interesting because you were a little shyer, not as outgoing. Right. But that skill level, that fun was there. And then today when I see you and you play the Jay Lethal character who's this super arrogant blah, blah, blah. But then in the back, there's that guy that I see with that smile that just seems so happy to be here. And just incredible to, to actually to, to have a humble guy who's so talented really deserving of a belt but seems like a really great guy too oh man thank you very much i'm uh crap <laughs> yeah thank thank you very much i mean i don't man i don't know what to say that that means so much uh years ago when you saw me i don't think i i like i was mentioning this before i don't think i fully grasped the wrestling business in general i was still struggling with who Jay Lethal was uh, and where I was going to be headed and, and what direction I wanted to take my character in. The coolest part about that is now, fast forward seven years later, and I, I think I fully got it. Uh, but we learn something new in wrestling every day, so I'm, I, I'm light years ahead of where, where I was before. Well, I know that I, I, it's obvious that the Jay Lethal character mm -hmm. probably hates the Black Machismo chants, but does the Jay Lethal sitting here right now, when you hear them yelling the, Jay, uh, the, the Black Machismo, does it give you a bit of a smile? I do. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And here's why I love it. I really feel like, um, and I'm the Ring of Honor World Champion, you know, so when I became the Ring of Honor World Champion, that I really, really, really solidified Jay Lethal within wrestling because I'm the, the number one guy of a company known around the world for its wrestling, you know. But uh, when I did that Black Machismo character, I was still this shy kid in a shell. And that character really helped, you know, break me out of that eggshell, break me out of that bubble and make me comfortable in the ring, make me comfortable on the microphone. Make, I mean, it, it's so nerve-wracking to stand in front of a crowd with a microphone in the beginning. Uh, you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to slip up. You stumble on your words because that crowd can be brutal. They can come down on you like a, like a nuclear bomb. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and no one wants to go through that. But at a certain point, 
you don't mind if that happens. At a certain point, you just become comfortable because you know that that's not going to happen. Or if it does happen, you, you'll, you'll get through it. And that's one of the toughest things I struggled with in the beginning because I was terrified. I was terrified. I can't imagine that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that machismo character really helped shape me into the wrestler, the, the comfortable wrestler that I am today, whether my in-ring ability or my mic skills, even carrying myself outside of the ring. Uh, it really helped open me up. Now, one of the things I want to touch on is we've been, one of the favorite things we have here in Canada, it was up, going up all the time, was you doing the little thing with Ric Flair where you came out and, swear to God, I could close my eyes and I wasn't sure which one of you was Ric Flair in that, in that whole thing. What was that like, a chance to emulate Ric Flair, it to Ric Flair, and have a woo-off with the guy? That was uh, the most nerve-wracking thing I'd ever done in my life because... Think about this, okay? So you're about to go have a wrestling promo in the ring live versus the master of the wrestling promo. (laughs) So now I'm worried about, oh, he's just going to overshadow me. So there's that. And you have to remember this. At this point in time, uh, TNA had never given me a microphone and sent me out through the curtain and in front of a live crowd like that. So it's my first time doing this and you shove me out there with the greatest microphone uh, promo artist or whatever you want to call it in the world. And uh, I, I remember having the feeling as if I was getting on a roller coaster for the first time because like I remember... When I first got onto a roller coaster for the first time, as they strapped me in, my heart was pounding so fast. I was nervous. I was scared. didn't know what to expect. And that was exactly how I felt right as I was going through the curtain to do this promo with Ric Flair. Well, you know what? Uh, one question I've always wanted to ask you, and if yeah. you don't want to answer this question, we'll cut it right out. Okay. In that promo... As you're going along, you get wound up. Ric Flair made a comment about him being the oldest ride with the longest line. And for one second on your face, I thought you were going to lose it. Was, were you actually going to lose it there? Or, do, or did that really throw you off? No, 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 no. Uh, you look like you wanted to laugh so hard at what he just said that it was fun. <laughs> so here, here's, uh, I'll give you a little insight on wrestling here. Nine times out of ten, and I'll say nine times out of ten, when there is a wrestler in the ring with a microphone he already knows what he's going to say, okay? Especially if it's a television show. Then there has to be bullet points or something has... The television company or the company you're working for has to know what you're going to say because you can't just allow the people to say anything they want on live television, okay? So, nine times out of ten, if they have a microphone, they already have bullet points of what they're going to say. Uh, except for Ric Flair, Okay. <laughs> So, so therefore, because Ric Flair, you can't write what he says or you can't give him bullet points. You just have to let him do it. Therefore, I couldn't have bullet points or they couldn't write anything for me because they didn't know what he was going to say. So that made it even 10 times worse for me. My heart was pounding uh, because not only am I doing a promo with Ric Flair, I have no idea what he's going to say, and I have to come up with things on the fly depending on what he says. 
So my God, it was. It doesn't get any more nerve-wracking than that. I guess. Um, one thing I want to show to your testament, and and just uh, which, what I found very unique, and I'm not trying to put down that title specifically, but a lot of people look at titles like TV titles as sort of a secondary title, not that important. But you managed to take ROH's TV title, and just through sheer force, through matches, through promos, you put you elevated that belt to the, like you were at the level in many people's eyes of the ROH champion before you won the belt. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you for saying that. That's, that that means a lot. Well, this isn't just ass kissing because this is many people believe this, and I believe it. So, I mentioned uh, earlier today that one of the greatest uh, marks that I could possibly leave on professional wrestling is if I can hold any championship, no matter what that championship is, if if while I have it. I'm whatever I'm doing with that belt is cool and revolutionary or interesting enough to make people never question or wonder about who had the championship before I had it. Then I feel like I'm doing something right. Uh, and not to take anything away from anyone who's held the Ring of Honor Television Championship, uh, but I feel like I actually accomplished that. Never once did I hear, oh, he's as good a champion as blank, or he's as good a champion, or he's just as good as blank when they had the ring of honor television championship i am trying to do that now with the ring of honor world championship luckily i've never heard anybody compare me to a previous champion luckily i've never heard anybody uh, mention me in the same sentence as previous champions which is i mean that that's what i want that that to me proves that i'm doing something right uh and the crazy thing about that is Ring of Honor has had some amazing world champions. Okay, I'm about mm-hmm. to break the rule that I want to don't want to be broken. <laughs> but you gonna but I'm going to mention them. Uh, man, there's been CM Punk and Samoa Joe and Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness and Austin Aries and Seth Rollins. I mean, did, when you if you could somehow Google or look up the list of everyone who's had the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, it'll blow your mind, the caliber, the athletes, the, 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 the skill level of all of them. Uh, so that, to me, means I got some work to do to make <laughs> sure that no one, while I have the Ring of Honor World Championship anyway, no one brings up those names, uh, even though, I mean, some of those names are legendary. Well, you know what? Uh, currently in Ring of Honor, I mean, I'm not going to ask you some dumb question like, uh, who's your next big blah, blah, blah. But what I want to know is, in your mind, in the Ring of Honor right now, who are the up-and-coming guys that we as the fans, you think, we should be taking a quick look at? Because down the road, you see a lot of potential in these guys. Uh, I've, I've been asked this question several times. And you know what? Number one on my list, one of my favorites is Will Ferrara. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, he... he he didn't start out at the Ring of Honor Dojo, but he later on uh, started attending the Ring of Honor Dojo, and his he's just, man, he's growing so much. I wish anyone listening could have saw him when I first saw him, and to see him now, uh, I really think there's going to be something special uh, later on for Will Ferrara. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I just Ring of Honor prides itself on having one of the greatest locker rooms in the world. So, as far as up and comers on the roster, everybody is up and everybody has come, <laughs> uh, if that makes sense. 
because look, th th when you think about it, Ring of Honor, their roster has been, uh, you know, sieve sifted through, and people have been plucked mm -hmm. uh, to go to other companies because Ring of Honor's roster is so great. Uh, so to say that someone's on the roster who's just an up and comer, I don't. I think that's kind of a disservice to some of the guys on the roster. I think everyone on the roster is is hands down on a great a great roster. No one's an up and comer. Uh, but I mean, if I had to say, look out for this person because they're really just getting started. It would be Will Ferrara. You know, one of the last questions I'm going to ask you is kind of a silly one because my wife threw this at me because she wasn't sure if I'd actually get the interview. She said, fine, the only question I want to ask is I've seen his ring entrance, Ooh. and I want to know if the girl in the red that comes out, does she tape her clothes on because how does she not fall out of them? I don't know if you have to answer that. <laughs> I'll answer it. I'll answer it. Uh, that, well, that girl's name is Taylor Hendricks, the redheaded. Uh <laughs> Uh, my dad actually can't remember her name, so he calls her the vampire girl. Apparently, <laughs> she looks like a vampire to my She's dad. very white. <laughs> looks like a vampire, a very sexy vampire, mm -hmm. but a vampire nonetheless to my dad. Uh, but yeah, she actually tapes herself into those dresses so that... Uh, she doesn't bust out. <laughs> so that she doesn't bust out and give our editing guy some extra work because of slips and all that. Uh, but I tell you that, that that tape holds strong because I have yet to see a slip. You know what? I obviously one thing that you must be getting to enjoy is I think acting a bit. I have seen a commercial. <laughs> this commercial for the knee brace. Mm, health alert hotline. Tell me a bit about this because you were starting to tell me before we started yeah. a bit about this because folks, if you haven't seen this commercial, well, first, I don't have a sore knee all, and I want one now. First of all, if there's anybody out there who is suffering from knee or back pain. <laughs> Then I think it's time to kick out, you know, by giving the expert staff at Health Alert Hotline a call now because through Medicare, you could get a pain-saving knee, knee or back brace for little or no cost to you, just like the one that I was wearing in that video. <laughs> so uh, the coolest thing about it is I never thought I'd get to do a commercial, you know, and I was so excited to do it. And when I read what they wanted me to say, I was like, well, can I change this up a bit? And they were like, yeah, you can change whatever you want. So then after reading through it a couple of times, I said, you know what? I'm going to leave it as is. I'm going to read it exactly how it's written. But how can I make this stand out? And literally my inspiration, uh -oh. my inspiration for this commercial was because I am, some would call it a student of the game, but I love old school wrestling, okay? Mm -hmm. I just love it. I love it more than this new age of wrestling that we have. In fact, if you watch my stuff, you can see a lot of the old school wrestling that I just tweak and make new. Uh, <laughs> so because I'm a fan of old school wrestling, I literally thought, and I don't know how this popped into my head, but I thought, hmm, I'm the Ring of Honor World Champion. That's like Hulk Hogan doing the commercial when, if he was, you know, when he was a world champion. How would Hulk Hogan deliver this? Because, I mean, if I watch Hulk Hogan do it, I'm pretty sure that I would remember that commercial. So I tried my best to do it in the style of Hulk Hogan. Like, how would Hulk Hogan do this? And uh, obviously it worked because <laughs> I get so many tweets and remarks and comments about 
the knee brace commercial and some of it is laughter but you know what because they're laughing it's memorable to them mm -hmm. so therefore they're going to remember it uh, you know some people think it was cool and because it's cool it's memorable and they'll remember it uh, even if they hated it they'll still remember it because they hated it so there, it's a win-win for me no matter what but yeah Hulk Hogan was my inspiration for that uh, health alert hotline knee brace commercial well you know what Jay thanks for taking the time to sit with us this has been a really fun time I mean, the fans have you know there's a lot of these questions people have been asking me for on the site wanting to know a bit about you and we got to know a lot about you today <laughs> uh, you know what I'm trying to think at the top of my head, what would be funny for you to try and sell right now? Let's let's say Jay Lethal's been handed a script to sell a bottle of Coca-Cola. Jay, you've just walked out and you're selling a bottle of Coca-Cola. First of all, uh, I don't think Hulk Hogan would drink Coca-Cola. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> milk. We're doing milk. The dairy <laughs> It doesn't have to be Hulk Hogan. I was just wondering if something was going to pop in your mind. No, no. To me, to me, to stand out, it's got to be, you know... It, it, in some aspect, in my head, it's got to be over the top. Right. You don't remember commercials that were just bland and, and boring. You just don't. <laughs> I don't anyway. And it's got to be over the top. So, man, my, it, would, it would have to start with a commercial where, first of all, I twist the top off and there's a loud, you know, that, that hissing sound. Yeah. It's got to be so loud, you know. <laughs> so loud. And I think I would once once... Oh my god, I even see me taking a swig of it, and then as I take the bottle for, away from my mouth, I got a woo. Like Flair, because that's how good it is. You Let's know? hear that woo. <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna do it. But you know what? I'm not gonna do it unless Coca Cola calls me. Okay, that is fair. Well, we want to thank you for the time today. We look forward to seeing you. Hopefully, you will be coming back to Edmonton in the I near future. So. And uh, the best of luck to you, Jay. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Didn't I tell you guys that was kind of a strange, fun interview? Man, that was a great interview. And, you know, I love Jason Stone. And I love him even more now. And I think there's only one thing that you can really say after an interview like that. And it's, woo! Woo! Nah, uh, my, my woos are bad. Woo! Woo! This is Flip Gordon, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Podcast. All right, and we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, Wrestling POV Global is brought to you by Collar and Elbow. We are affiliated with them. Go to CollarandElbowBrand.com. Save yourself 10% by using promo code WPOV. That is not Wrestling POV. It is WPOV. Some people might say it's magical, but it's not. All you got to use. It's promo code WPOB. Save yourself 10%. You get new shirts. You get glasses, sunglasses. They got flannel shirts. I'm sure they got underwear. I've been saving it for days now. Once they should have underwear. You're helping out your local indie wrestlers. And you're supporting the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Wrestling POB and Wrestling POB Global. Promo code WPOB. Save yourself 10%. Well, folks, welcome back to, uh, I'm going to have to say a cough, ladies. <laughs> it's segment. 
three of us are looking a little bit sick this week, but we're not going to let that stop us talking wrestling because we know you fans want to know what we're talking about, what we're thinking about. What I'm going before we get into our next uh, part with ROH, I'm going to tell you one really quick story here, and it has to do with Jay Lethal. Uh, I had met Jay Lethal. I had done that interview. We uh, we sat there, and I think he, the whole time he had been drinking a Coke next to and we were talking. And uh, so we get up and we leave, and uh, two years, like a year goes by. And sometimes when you get into meeting guys, you always think, oh, that guy ever, will he remember me? I mean, you know, he's touring all over the place. There's a gazillion bands coming up. I wonder if he'd remember me at all, you know? And I think that about everyone I interview. So I'm walking by. Jay Lethal looks at me. He goes, hey, do you remember last year when we had that interview and I was drinking a Coke? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, yeah. I think I put it down and forgot it there. Man, I wish I had a Coke right now. And I walked off. And all I can think about is, he remembered me. Yeah, I want to go buy that guy a Coke. Hey, you shut up, Coke. Hey, what are you doing? Put that Coke down. Jay, you come up again, I will buy a Coke. I'll buy a six-pack. Let's split it up. Whoa. All right, well, now, speaking of uh, Jay Lethal, he represents right now uh, Ring of Honor. Let's take a look at the Honor Roll. And this is a chance we get to talk about what's going on on ROH TV and also talk about maybe a little bit about what's going on on the company. Now, this week's uh, episode... I want to talk not only about the matches, not really much about the matches. I mean, they don't always be the most going into big events. But let's talk about some of the guys we've seen on this, you know. First of all, Flip Gordon versus Silas Young. That was the opening match. Uh, what do you guys, any any thoughts on Silas Young or Flip Gordon? Um, well, Silas Young looks like he's Jake the Snake's grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the guy is stiff. He's strong. Silas Young, uh, big guy, uh, like I said, he's, uh, like Rick said, he's stiff, he works stiff, um, and uh, Flip Gordon, I've seen him at the uh, last time I saw him was all at the All-In pay-per-view, so I, I really uh, like all the flip, all the flips that he does in his, uh, in his matches, and all the high-flying. Okay. Well, I'm glad you said something positive about Flip Gordon, because next week on Wrestling POV Global, Flip Gordon will be a on the show, we have an exclusive interview with him from our international correspondent, Matt Novak from all the way in the UK, who has a great interview with him. You don't want to miss that. And good thing he said something good about Flip Gordon Elio, or you would have been kicked off the show just like that. Well, I may risk being kicked off the show a tiny bit, but I have bad things to say about Flip Gordon. I don't. Uh, first of all, Silas Young. Now, I enjoy Silas Young way more because I've seen him wrestle live a few times, and he definitely, he looks like a, like he stands out, the way he wrestles, his transitions, his moves, he looks like a professional. He outshone just about everybody I saw him on one, uh, one time on uh, Randy Alberta, and uh, he's, he's uh, he plays a jerk, but you meet him, uh, get his autograph, whatever, he's a super nice guy, I'm willing to talk wrestling all the time. Um, Flip Gordon. Now, I... Whew, where do I start with this? When I f- 
first heard about him, I wasn't sure. First, you know, like, I saw him, he looked like uh, maybe John Cena's very young brother who didn't get much of the pork chops when they came around, you know? Yeah. And uh, he seems small. He did uh, a lot of flippity-flip moves, I guess. But he's been really improving a lot, I think, with putting together longer matches. He looks good. He looks like, before he was a guy who would go in there for a bit, he was better in a tag team because he could do a bunch of moves, get in and out. But now he's starting to orchestrate his matches, and I'm enjoying him more and more. The only thing i got to think of is he's probably in his head going, man, why did I give myself such a ridiculous name? It's like, hard to take a guy seriously running for a heavyweight title name. But I'm Ladies sure that'll and gentlemen, DJ <laughs> Logan Len. See this this match. Um, um, actually, who are the? I'm not familiar with the kingdom. I haven't uh, seen much of them. No. How about uh, the guys involved? Cody, Lethal. And I know I know Cody, Lethal, and um, um, Dalton Castle. I'm familiar with them, so I think they okay. they're they're pretty good. Well, I, I gotta say, the kingdom started off as one of those teams where they forced them down our throats at first. They're like three nobodies who came out of nowhere. And like they've had them on every week doing stuff, and you're kind of like, what is this, right? But it's they do. All three of them are kind of uh, the guy who hides under the ring, uh, Marcellus. He, he's kind of bizarre, kind of balloons and stuff. Yeah. And the guy running around with the baseball bat. Kind of, he's actually improving a lot. Uh, the one that is weird for me is Matt Taven. Man, I hate yeah. this guy when he first came out. Matt I kind of enjoy him now, but I really think him carrying around the fake belt and calling himself some kind of champion is terrible. <laughs> I, I, I don't buy that kind of. 
title? He's holding a purple belt claiming he's the world champion. <laughs> now, Matt Taven is someone I know. It seems yeah. like a tired gimmick. Yeah, it's, it's kind of old. It's I mean, it's been done before. It's been yeah. done a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. But uh, Cody looked great. I mean, uh, Jay Lee looked great. great. Yeah. Well, speaking of Cody, Cody will be appearing on episode 150 of the Wrestling POV podcast for an yes. exclusive interview. We are up to 150 episodes, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you tune in this Saturday on iTunes, YouTube, Poppy, Spotify, and iHeartRadio with myself, Tony Diaz, BB Goody, and that annoying little puppet, Miguel Cole, as we sit down with our guest, Cody Freaking Rhodes, the American Nightmare, right after his matchup against this man, Jay Lethal. What do you guys think of that? Let's preview that really quickly. What do you, how do you see that going? Ilya, how do you think? Do you think that Cody Rhodes is going to walk off of the belt in his last match? Or is Jay Lethal just going to cement himself as even more of an ROH legend? No, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go. If if it's indeed uh, Cody's uh, last match, I'm, gonna, I'm going with a Jay Lethal. Okay. Uh, that seems to be a smart choice. I mean, Jay Lethal right now is currently the second all-time... Um, uh, what is it? Uh, longest reigning champion in the Ring of Honor when it combined of his two title reigns. I don't think he's losing that title anytime soon. I think he's going to break the record. Well, I got to agree with you. I mean, only Samoa Joe has held that title longer in ROH history. Lethal is, he's like a complete package now. He, he's entertaining, yet he's hard hitting, yet he uh, is stylistic. He has uh, incredible aerial maneuvers, but he'll also Matt wrestle you. Uh, I think he's really on the top of his kingdom, sorry to use that pun, and uh, I, I think, I don't know, you know, there's also the conjecture that that Cody may not actually be leaving, you know, he's not said he's going anywhere, really, no one else has come forward and said they have a contract, he could be just holding out for money on ROH side, you know, win the belt, and kind of squeeze him a la CM Punk, he used to do, uh, that could possibly, but come on, I know Jay Lethal, I met him, love that guy. Him over Cody. Although, I gotta say, I met Cody too, and he's a pretty nice guy too. And, uh, <laughs> this is a tough one. I'm not making any decisions. I take it all Well, back. speaking of leaving, we have Christopher Daniels versus Marty Skrull. This episode of Ring of Honor had a tremendous interview with Christopher Daniels, and him just giving out everything, just pouring out his heart about how much he loves wrestling, and how much his business means to him, and how much he's gonna fight to keep his career going. Um, Marty Skrull, though, is my favorite heel right now in wrestling in general. I just think he's the whole package. I think he ends Christopher Daniels' career, though. Ooh. Uh, where do you go with that, Elio? Where do you go with that, buddy? I don't know. I mean, I like Marty Skrull, but I want to. I don't want to see Daniels going anywhere. Uh, Daniels is one of the, one of the most amazing guys in my journey through uh, indie wrestling. I always looked at him as one of the kings who never got a, as much due as he deserved. I've seen him many times live wrestle, and he puts on a show so well. Uh, do you guys know about Curry Man? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I seen him one time when he came out, and he wrestled uh, as Curry Man, and then like, wrestled as himself in the same show, and the fans loved it. I mean, there's something about him that is so well put together. He has definitely been a professional for a long time. I don't think this is his last match. I don't think he's going to lose. And I think that the fact that he's going to beat Marty Skrull somehow is going to be big, because let's face it, Marty... Is one of the top dudes anywhere in the world right now. You're right. Well, you know what? Uh, final battle is coming up soon. I'm sure it's, we're going to 
probably talk about it next week a lot. We'll go a little in-depth on what that card's about. And uh, it's just some really good wrestling. ROH always delivers with good wrestling. Um, I'm just excited to see what's going to happen. All right, so our last promotion that we're going to look at this week. We're going to look at Major League Wrestling. Um, it's this kind of, we don't have any rep pro for you this week, but MLW, I'm not sure. Sometimes I think this is great. Sometimes I think, I'm going to preface this by saying I've seen some good wrestlers, mm-hmm. yet I have yet to see a very solid good match in the last three weeks. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you, man. I mean, just look at our first match with Trey Miguel versus Tato Brazil. Um, Koto. 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 Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 this is, yeah, I was pointing out how he points it out all the time. Oh, okay. Hotto. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this, I mean, how many people are going to do a springboard cutter? Yeah. Like, Once I'm just, it's the same moves happening over and over again. Uh, that's the difference between WWE and all these other shows. Listen, WWE doesn't do the same thing as no. what they, they do in other shows. I mean, they have a lot of different, uh, movesets. I mean, mm-hmm. we get it. That, don't get me wrong, WWE. There's guys that do only four moves, but John Cena. Yeah, <laughs> Grand Roman Reigns. Yeah, we it goes, the list goes on and on. Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, all these other promotions, they have very similar guys who do the same thing. Like I'm sick of seeing the cutter. Yeah. Selena yeah. Del Sol for <laughs> and win. Like, come on, man. Yeah. So, uh, so Kato ended up picking up the win over Trey Miguel. Match, nothing really to go to go home about him. Be like, oh my god, it was a great match. Um, next, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, just uh, the same. Everyone's using this uh, cutter, this uh, stunner. It's like it's just tired. Agreed. Uh, what uh, I have to, have to say about uh, Trey Miguel. Um, I thought I saw that name on Impact. This uh, coming uh, in the match next week with Rich Swan. Probably. Uh, they they tend to switch a lot with MLW. Okay, because I recognize that name from the the Little Rascals, which, by the way, I didn't see the segment. Segment was terrible. Rick, what do you think of that segment where they're sitting around doing a 1970 <laughs> show remote? That is <laughs> terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. It's just, that's all we need to mention. Yep. Come on, Elio. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to know one thing I didn't? I got to throw this out there. The last couple of weeks we've been watching MLW. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed the guys are kind of generically the same? They throw a lot of guys that I would never remember. Yeah. Names I don't really know. And, you know, sure, the main event's got a few guys, but it seems like a lot of these guys I've never heard about. And I don't think I'll hear about again. That's yeah. not a good mark of a wrestling company. And then we have a segment with the Heart Foundation cutting a promo on Tommy Dreamer? Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> Tommy Dreamer again? Tommy Dreamer is the most overrated, yes I said it, most overrated wrestler of all time. ECW, WWE, all of it. Yeah. We spent all last week cutting him up. (laughs) Yeah. We're so tired of Tommy Dreamer too. I'm so over him. I can tell you though, I'm more tired of another wrestler who's new. He's even worse to me than uh, Tommy Dreamer. And this uh, is Marco Runt. I call him Runt. <laughs> Marco Stunt. Yeah. He seriously looks like he's, he's a another one. Not good. I don't like I Marco Stunt. I heard he was Elio's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're mistaken. <laughs> this kid, man. Holy smokes. He looks like they got some kid out of junior high. <laughs> I give him a t-shirt and let him get in the ring. 
What is going on here? I'm not enjoying this push at all. And then he wins with a code breaker. <laughs> Another move. Everyone's doing the code breaker too. What's going yeah. on? I. It's a bad mark of not great thinking and strategizing. Um, how you expect us to take a kid who's maybe five foot six, maybe 140 pounds, and we're supposed to take him as a legitimate wrestler? He's wrestling guys 50 pounds heavier than him. I'm not joining this Marco stuff kid at all. His name's popping up in a lot of places, but I think it's more of that new factor that you watch it then you go, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's a one shot. As soon as you actually see him, you're like, Ugh. but you know what? Uh, the main event this week was pretty, I don't know what the word was, pretty ridiculous. Uh, I'm not sure I liked it. I'm not really sure I liked this at all because I've heard a ton about Shane Strickland. We saw him on Lucha Underground as a kill shot. I did not see a lot out of him against Loki. I didn't even see a lot out of Loki this match. This was quite another poor main event for me. Loki defending his belt against Shane Strickland. I could have slept through this one. Guys, we... I slept through this one. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. I mean, even pulling the hair out of Shane's head. I mean, yeah, come why on. does Loki always have to go above and beyond? Because like, he's 5'2". Because he's 5'2". Christ. Yeah. Helio? No, no, not a fan of Loki. Like I said last week, never been a fan of Loki. Now, I would try to do Loki's voice, but it really hurts right now. I'll give it a shot. Oh, no. Here we go. Rick. You do not know the honor that you have of stepping in the ring with Loki. I will Holy take shit, you and I will break. That dude but he is a man of honor. Yet you will pull your hair out. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yo, Loki is whoa. I don't know where that came from. I think he possessed me. Wow. <laughs> I, oh, it looks like he ripped your hair out already. Every single one. I had such beautiful dreadlocks. Anyways, you know what? MLW, we continue to cruise through it. I'm still off the fence. If I like it as much as I thought, you know, this was our fill-in for Lucha Underground. I think the season's done. I know that when Rev Pro's on, I'm enjoying that a lot more. But MLW has some big name people that you wondered where they are. They're kind of in there, so I guess. Yeah, especially Tommy Dreamer. Oh, <laughs> Please, no more Tommy Dreamer. I think he should be on every show just because he will do every show. It's it's ridiculous. And, and, Anyways, you know what? Um, this is a tough time. My voice is starting to wear out. I'm down to my last few sips of Diet Coke. So I think, I know I set this up. I'm gonna. I'm a little worried. Rick, it's time for the face-off. Oh, let's face off. Now, you know, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to hear what the topic is today. Between TJ Logan and Elio Canella, they're going to face off for the first time ever. And afterwards, you the fans will get to vote on who you guys side with? What do you guys think? All right, so TJ, what's today's topic? Today's topic concerns the Dynamite Kid. Right. The Dynamite Kid has a reputation of being one of the legendary wrestlers. He's contributed so much. So many great wrestlers patterned themselves after him. He's considered one of the upper echelon gods of pro wrestling. And he's died, and people think that there is a lot of outpouring for him that should be there. However, he also had the reputation of both being one of the biggest assholes who ever wrestled and treating people like crap and doing all sorts of outrageous garbage. So much to the point that he died almost penniless and alone with no family by himself in England. No one wanted anything to do with him. Today's topic, Elio will be arguing for the fact that a man's legacy within the squared circle should be what he should be remembered for. I will argue that... Uh, 
your behavior outside of the ring can tarnish everything you've done inside the ring. All right, that's a very interesting topic. And remember, fans, you guys will get to vote on who you think will win this week's face-off on our Facebook page. Our wrestling POV will put up a poll. And by next week, we'll hear from the winner, either TJ or Elio. So, Elio, this is your first face-off ever. And TJ is undefeated. It is your turn. You're going to go first. I'm going for... Oh, okay, don't be so... scared. I didn't mean to crush everyone. <laughs> You're just a little nervous and everything. You're a little nervous. Don't, don't worry about it, Elio. Okay, okay so... The British... Uh, the Dynamite Kid. So, we have one half of the legendary tag team of the, the 80s, the British Bulldogs. I'm going to say that he was a... I think he was somewhat of a legend because they worked... Uh, they worked uh, a whole year to get to the tag team championships at... Uh, WrestleMania 2, when they defeated the Dream Team, and um, when the people buy a ticket to go see an event, I think they're going to see the wrestler, not the person. So I think the person, I think when someone like that, my kid passes away, everyone remembers more of their in-ring, remembers them more for their in-ring work. Well, I guess I'll go to the flip side here. Okay. I get the fact that the Dynamite Kid was a guy who, there have been a ton of wrestlers who say they modeled themselves after him. That he brought he brought the high flight to the U.S. I mean, before he had those legendary matches in Madison Square Garden with uh, Tiger Mask, people didn't jump off the top ropes. People didn't do those sort of moves. He brought a whole new style of wrestling to the forefront. I get that. I get the fact that people like Chris Benoit and other people say they patterned their wrestling styles after him because he brought something exciting and different. I get that. But at the same time, I think in this real world, we have to carry ourselves a little bit better. Yes, it's exhibition. Yes, it's sports entertainment. But behind the curtain, when you're meeting other people and dealing with your co-workers, you can't be a piece of crap. Uh, I can think in my life, many guys who I worked with who were talented chefs. And you know what? As talented as they were and as great as the things they created, I won't remember anything about them except that they were assholes. And I think what that does is tarnish their legacy. If you noticed when uh, Dynamite Kid uh, had all his outpouring of love after his death, there none of them were his contemporaries. None of them were the people who ever worked with him. It was all just young wrestlers who looked up to him, who didn't ever have to actually meet the man or deal with the man. It's a known fact that... Uh, after he retired from the WWE, he, he cut off Davey Boy Smith, who was his legit cousin, wanted nothing to do with him. Left his wife and his child in Calgary, wanted nothing to do with him. Went back, spent the rest of his life as an angry, bitter man who wanted nothing to do with wrestling. And you know what? People are unfortunately are now going to remember mostly how much of a jerk he was. Because as it's coming out, people are telling the stories of the things he's done. I knew he was a tough guy to deal with. But when I hear some of the horror stories of the things he perpetuated on others, I think it, it, it makes me think less of it. Because you can be talented at anything in this world. If you're a total jackass, no one's, you should not be remembered and no one will remember you with fondness. So I'm going to say that the Dynamite Kid tarnished his legacy by the things he did. Now he's going to be a forgotten name that will maybe be a, a trivia question somewhere down the line. But no one's going to remember him like they should have. Oh. Alright, well there you have it ladies and gentlemen The face-off between TJ Logan and Elio Candela Elio got straight to the point TJ wrote a novel But listen man, we're going to hear from you guys the fans We're going to see you guys 
guy thought was better, or what you guys think was right? You think you, you agree with TJ Logan to make sure you vote for TJ? If you think Elio is correct, you vote for Elio, and next week we'll find out who won. And speaking of next week, make sure you tune into Recipe OV Podcast this week, as we have episode 150 with Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, will be appearing on the show, and next week on Recipe OV Global, Flip Gordon will be appearing on the show. You don't want to miss that interview. Great job from our international correspondent, Matt Novak from the UK, for getting these great interviews. What a what a job. What an episode today, guys. People coughing, people choking, people coughing. It's just all over the place. We're all sick. It's time to go to bed. It's like 6 o'clock in the morning over here. It's like 4 o'clock in the morning in Canada. Go to sleep, guys. That's it. Well, fans, you know what? Thank you. This has been uh, another fun episode. Rick, thank you for joining us. Of course. Elio, we had a great time this week. It was fun with joining you. You know what, fans? He is so excited about the Flip Gordon episode that he told me he's getting a trampoline and he's going to practice flipping all and he's going to do something with flip next week. So it's going to be amazing. Uh, me, I'm hopefully not going to sound like someone assaulted my uh, voice box. But uh, thank you all for tuning in, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. We're going to go more and more around the world. We're going to show you wrestling isn't always just the WWE, that there's lots of gems that kind of fall through the cracks. Well, that's sick as it sounds. We're reaching in some cracks and pulling out some wrestling. So, folks, have yourself a great night, and uh, we'll see you next time on Wrestling Podcast. Global.